Hello, I'm Deacon Frederick Bartels, and you're listening to Joy and Truth. Thanks for listening. It's the season of Lent, a penitential season in which Catholics fast and abstain from flesh meat. What are these things about? What does it mean to fast and abstain? Are these things beneficial? Are they obligations? To explore these questions, let's begin with fasting. How do we define fasting in the church as required during Lent? Pope Paul VI, in his Apostolic Exhortation Penitimini, defined fasting as having one full meal each day and taking some food two other times during the day, such as in the morning or in the evening. You could certainly take the food at different times during that day, but the point is we have one full meal and then a couple of snacks, you might say. Some people will say two lesser meals. We often hear that the two lesser meals can't add up to a full meal, but the document doesn't actually say that. It just simply says you're allowed a full meal and to take some food two other times during the day. When do we fast? We fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. These are the requirements of Lent. Of course, we can fast, fast any time we, we would like um, throughout the year, but Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are the two required days during Lent. And there's an age range for those who are obligated to fast, and that age range is from age 18 up to age 60. If we have a serious reason for not fasting, such as a medical reason or some other serious reason, then we don't have to do so. When fasting, things like coffee, tea, juice, and milk are allowed, they're not considered to break the fast. What about abstinence from flesh meat? What's that all about? Here I'll quote from the U.S. Bishop's document, Questions and Answers about Lent and Lenten Practices. Abstinence laws consider that meat comes only from animals such as chickens, cows, sheep, or pigs, all of which live on land. Birds are also considered meat. Abstinence does not include meat juices and liquid foods made from meat. Thus, such foods as chicken broth, consomme, soups cooked or flavored with meat, meat gravies or sauces, as well as seasonings or condiments made from animal fat are technically not forbidden. However, moral theologians have traditionally taught that we should abstain from all animal-derived products, except foods such as gelatin, butter, cheese, and eggs, which do not have any meat taste. Fish are a different category of animal. Salt and freshwater species of fish, amphibians, reptiles, cold-blooded animals, and shellfish are permitted, end quote. I don't know of anyone who eats amphibians and reptiles during Lent, but there you go. What about the age range for abstaining from flesh meat? Those who are 14 years old and older are obligated to abstain unless they have a serious reason for not doing so. So notice there's no upper age limit to abstaining from flesh meat. And when do we abstain? We abstain from flesh meat on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. So on those two days we're fasting and abstaining. And we abstain from flesh meat on all other Fridays during Lent. Many Catholics have upheld the the ancient practice of not eating flesh meat on any Friday all throughout the year, and that's certainly a morally praiseworthy and commendable thing to do. But during the season of Lent, we're required to abstain um, on all Fridays and Ash Wednesday. So 
just to recap, abstaining from flesh meat means we cannot have beef, chicken, pork, and other land animals. No pheasant, for example. We can have fish, however, and technically meat broths would be allowed, but they're not recommended because in keeping with the spirit of abstaining from flesh meat, we should go all the way and not just part way. So what are some of the benefits of fasting? First of all, we need to recognize that fasting has a long history among the people of Israel. We can read in the Old Testament, for example, about how the people of God would fast, wear sackcloth, and cover themselves in ashes as exterior signs of their interior repentance as a means of atoning for their sin, as a way of showing God that they were truly sorry for what they'd done and seeking forgiveness. We can read about this also, for example, in the book of Jonah, when the Ninevites repented of their sin after the preaching of the prophet Jonah, and they wore sackcloth and ashes as an outward sign to God of this interior repentance. And we know that God was pleased with their sacrifice and with their repentance, and they avoided his punishment. We can read also about fasting in the New Testament. The Catholic Church, the New Testament Church, fasted, and we can read about that in the Acts of the Apostles. Our Lord Jesus Christ provides us with the supreme example of fasting when he was led into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights and ate nothing. We are told afterwards that he was hungry, and I'm sure he was very, very hungry. People will ask, is it really possible that Jesus did that? Is that an exaggeration? The answer is, yes, Jesus really did do that, and no, it's not an exaggeration. It's possible to fast for even longer periods of time. People today will fast for longer periods of time and take no food whatsoever, drink only water, and perhaps take some mineral supplements. So yes, it's possible to fast for that length of time. During Lent, we go with Christ into the desert. We enter into that place of silence and solitude, that place where we can listen to the voice of God, where we can put away distractions, where we can practice these voluntary sacrifices, where we can give things up and engage in the life of detachment and self-mastery. And we come out of the desert changed, On the other side of the desert is Easter Sunday, and we arrive there as a changed people in our Lord's resurrection. Fasting has long been seen in the Catholic spiritual tradition as super beneficial. The church mystics, the church doctors, the church fathers, all these folks heavily emphasized and engaged in fasting. We can think of names like St. Teresa of Avila, the doctor of prayer, St. John of the Cross, Catherine of Siena, um, St. Augustine, a doctor of the church. We can think of St. Thomas Aquinas, and on and on and on. Saints, doctors, and mystics all recommend fasting. If you want to have a powerful experience of the presence of God, fasting is the road. Fast and watch the graces flow. Fasting, of course, is an act of penance, and as Paul VI noted, all Christians are required to do penance. Why? Because we're sinners. The mature Christian recognizes that it's necessary to do penance to atone for sin, to truly prove our love for God, to show 
we abhor our sin, that we do really intend to amend our life, that we're really repentant. Now, some people will ask, are you saying that you earned God's forgiveness by works of penance? The answer is no, I'm not saying that. We receive God's forgiveness by repentance, by praying to Christ and asking for forgiveness, and by attending the sacrament of confession. This is how the guilt of sin is forgiven. Nevertheless, penance is the Christian way of life, and the mature Christian recognizes it's something that he needs to do. Take the example of a husband and wife. If a husband offends his wife, he's not going to receive forgiveness by saying something like, sorry, honey, didn't mean to do that, and then he moves on and goes about his business. No, the mature husband knows that he needs to do something that's going to prove to his wife that he's sorry for having offended her and that he seeks her forgiveness. So similarly, penance works that way with God. Penance is a way of proving to God that we love him more than our sin, that we're truly sorry for having sinned, we seek his mercy, and we desire to live a new, amended life in Christ. Fasting brings about many, many benefits, all these benefits and more. Fasting really is the road to union with God. It used to be very common, but today it's not so common among Christians and Catholics. It's often seen as a kind of antiquated, foreign burden. And and why bother with it? People don't fast anymore. Well, they're missing out. Uh, I always recommend fasting, and I engage in fasting myself, not as often as I should. I need to fast more often. But I can tell you from personal experience that fasting is integral to entering into a deep, personal, and intimate relationship of communion with Christ. Okay, so we're required to fast. The church places these disciplines of Lent, fasting and abstaining from flesh meat, on us as obligations. But they're much more than obligations. People often ask, do I really have to do these things? Aren't they just arbitrary, burdensome rules that are imposed on us by the church? The answer is no, we should never see them as impositions. Yes, they're rules. Yes, they're obligations. Yes, we're required to do these things, unless we have a serious reason for not doing so, as I said earlier. But these are actually gifts, not just rules and obligations and impositions. This is Mother Church giving us the tools to walk toward eternal life. She's giving us the tools to live a life of holiness. She's leading us by the hand and saying, build virtue, build self-mastery, make sacrifices for your Lord who died on the cross for you. Live the Christian life. This is Mother Church leading her children by the hand toward eternal life and eternal communion with the tri-personal God. So these are actually gifts. Now, another thing that people ask is, if I choose not to do this, if I'm going to just reject fasting and abstaining from flesh meat, am I going to end up in hell? Would God actually send me to hell for eating meat? Is how the question often goes. Well, there's more to the story. The church has authority in our lives as Catholics. As citizens of the church, we must obey her. Just as we must comply with the laws of the state as citizens of the state, 
So as members of Christ's body, yes, we have to comply with the disciplines of the church. These are requirements. If we intentionally and knowingly reject these Lenten disciplines and just say, I'm not fasting, just don't want to do it. I could, but I'm not doing it. I don't think it's important. And I'm not going to abstain from flesh meat. Yes, we very well could be placing our soul in peril. Why? Because it's certainly grave matter to just knowingly and intentionally reject the teaching of the church on these disciplines of Lent. So that would be grave matter. And if we knowingly do these things with full consent, then yes, that would qualify as a mortal sin. What does mortal sin do? What happens? Well, first of all, mortal sin destroys our relationship with God because it's a rejection of God. People today often think that mortal sin is not a big deal. They tell themselves, well, you know, it just happens. I'm human. Uh, It's part of the human condition. And God loves me. Jesus loves me. And God always forgives. So he understands that I'm weak. And he understands that I commit these sins. So I don't really need to worry about them too much. That's actually the kind of language the devil uses to keep us in our sin. The fact is, mortal sin does destroy our relationship with God. What's the remedy? Repentance and the sacrament of confession, through which if we make a good confession and we are contrite of heart, we intend to amend our lives, our sins really are forgiven. The beautiful thing about this sacrament is that it's Christ's gift to the church. We find that in John chapter 20, verse 22. There we find the pattern of confession. And this is a sure way to obtain forgiveness because we hear from Christ's designated minister, the priest, that your sin is forgiven. Our sins are absolved. And guess what? He gives us penance that we must complete. So you see, penance is tied to forgiveness. We should never think that we can just turn to God and say, sorry, forgive my sins, and just go on about sinning and not do penance and not really try to amend our lives. That's not going to fly in the eyes of God, I'm afraid. Okay, so just to recap, as Catholics, we fast and abstain from flesh meat on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. We abstain from flesh meat on all Fridays during Lent. And many Catholics abstain from flesh meat on all Fridays throughout the year as a wonderful act of penance. We are required to do these things, And they are gifts, not impositions. This is Holy Mother Church saying, live the Christian life, live the faith, walk toward heaven. Thank you for listening to Joy and Truth.